before we get started, I need you to do me one favor. Pull out your phone and text this number, 501-214-4307. I just want to text you a couple of times a week, send you some fun messages, videos, just to encourage you on your unconventional journey. Again, all you got to do is text 501-214-4307. I just want to be your friend, y'all. Just text me. I've always been taught that, you know, the dialogue on the page is the lie. What we want to say is the subtext. I think in real life, like, you know, we're always masking uh, something. I've always felt a I was born with several falls. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. If you are driven enough to do something, you are going to do what it takes. That comes from today's guest, actor Kevin L. Johnson, who also plays Sam on Netflix Ozark. Have you watched Ozark? It's such a freaking good show. So ready for it to come back on. Super cool connecting with Kevin to hear about what it takes to pursue the creative path. Kevin's acting career began at Clemson, where he thought that he was going to pursue computer science, ended up falling in love with the arts, and the rest is history. He has gone on to book roles in feature films American Made with Tom Cruise, the independent haste film American Animals, and upcoming thrillers Jacob's Ladder and Don't Look There. On the TV front, in addition to his reoccurring role on Ozark, Kevin can be seen in The Resident and classics like One Tree Hill and Returns of Finding Carter and Reckless. Today we talk about staying course through rejection and disappointment, discovering what you love and signs that you are on the right path, and also presence and finding the truth in the moment. Make sure you connect with Kevin over on Instagram at the Kevin L. Johnson. That is linked in the show notes. And if you have an inspiring actor in your life, or heck, somebody who loves Ozark, make sure you take a screenshot of this episode and share it with them. All right, y'all, let's go ahead and get into this, the creative path with Kevin L. Johnson. Uh, I went to Clemson University. I went in as a computer science major and realized that that wasn't my thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'd taken some uh, programming classes in high school, like Visual Basics and C++. So I, was, I said, okay, you know, that'll be fun. I like video games. Maybe I can make video games. And a little more goes into it than just liking video games. So got to college, realized you had to know a lot more about math than I thought. And <laughs> I was just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to switch it up, try something different. So switched over to an English major, and then I was going to minor in advertising. Uh, I thought that would be a fun path. And my first English class, like our, I think the, the, the last thing we had to do for the semester was to go see a play, um, and it was called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. And um, I had seen plays before in high school, but, you know, back in high school, it was like, oh, sweet, we get to go see a play during school hours. So what does that mean? That means like it's a two and a half, three hour break. So 
you don't have to go to like three or four classes. Uh, so it was a little different in college. You know, it was a bigger audience. Uh, you know, the, the sets were more elaborate. And I was just like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. So the following semester, I uh, decided to audition for a play. I didn't get a part in the play, but I got to know a lot of people in the performing arts department. So I did like stage work for the play. So I got to see how that you know, like, you know, behind the scenes kind of deal. Um, met a lot of my friends that I still have to this day. Uh, one of my best friends lives in, he lives in New York. He's an aspiring actor, does his own content. Really funny dude. Then like I signed up for acting classes at the college. And then I finally got into a play, uh, Burial at Thieves, which was, a. Uh, it was based on the Greek mythology Antigone. So that was the musical of the year. And I got a part in that. Uh, and I guess it's just been, you know, ever since it's been, it's been a crazy ride. You, uh, you mentioned something I actually wanted to bring up was fact check me if I'm wrong on this, but not getting the part in the play, you ended up working, uh, just kind of behind the scenes on, on stage. And I thought that was an interesting part of your story because I know as kind of deem, you guys, me, y'all know how we do. We're ambitious creatives. So <laughs> we want to put out our work into the world, but we also are dr really driven. And sometimes when we don't get that part, we don't land that client. We don't, you know, get to be featured in this spot. We're like, well, F it. You know, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know pursuing the creative path. I mean, there's a certain level of grit that has to come with it because when you don't get the role or audition or whatever, the, the work ethic that that shows me that you had that you're like, well, I'm going to, you know, work behind the scenes. Uh, can you share a little bit about just like maybe the mindset around that and just kind of the, the grit you have to have when disappointment comes and oh, yeah. still learning from it? Yeah. I mean, I got used to rejection in college uh, through not, you know, getting parts and in, in plays. Um, so I guess I was kind of used to that when I graduated and then I got my agent and, you know, got headshots done and then started auditioning. So I was already kind of used to the rejection process. Um, and it's like a, yeah, it's like a switch that you have to do. Cause I always go back to what Brian Cranston said in a, uh, in an interview, like when you go into an audition, going into the audition is the job. Um, and then if you book that, you know, then that's just like the icing on the cake. But like, you're always trying to, you know, win the room over whether producers and directors you know, think that you're right for the part or not, you know, as long as you bring your A game and do what you're supposed to do, then the casting directors are going to remember that. So was that a part of your mindset? Like even in the computer science days, was that you? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I really, really tried in the computer science realm and I just, I just don't think it was, uh, it wasn't my passion clearly. Uh, but I gave it a go for like a semester and a half, maybe I think. And just, yeah, it was just like, man, I'm just not getting it. And I kept, I went, you know, I went, I, uh, went to tutors and things like that for like, uh, you know, calculus and all that kind of stuff. And it just wasn't, I don't know. I was just like, ah, maybe if I'm going to have to work this hard, you know, for something and I'm, I don't know, maybe I need to, uh, maybe that's the wrong enjoy way to say it, it. but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it. I, it was hard to enjoy something yeah. that, you know, I was up like, all hours of the night trying to finish a program for a class and, and it just wasn't clicking. So I just said, you know what, I think it, maybe I should switch it up, see what else out, is out there. 
What about like your your friend's family support system when you said like, I want to be an actor and I want to pursue this? <laughs> yeah. What was the response? And I know sometimes like as a, you know, creative person, sometimes owning what you want to do uh, is, is an interesting thing because sometimes people are really confident with it. Like, I want to be a singer. I want to be a painter or whatever. And sometimes it's like a little bit reluctance admitting it because it seems as though, you know, well, do you think you're actually going to get to do this? So did you feel confident kind of announcing it? And what was your response? What's, uh, let's see. My mom was really, uh, you know, cool about it. My dad, I think my dad was cool about it, but <laughs> I remember when I told him that I wanted to be a professional actor, you know, after I graduated, he was like, well, that's great, but I'm not paying for you. <laughs> so I was like, I know, I know, but just, you know, give me like 10 years and you'll see, uh, what I can do. I, I feel like, cause it takes, it takes a long time. I mean, there's this, there's this book. Is it Malcolm Glad? Is it Malcolm? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, did he, did he do the book, the outliers? He did. Or is it, yes. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it the 10,000 hour rule? Yeah. So like the Beatles, I mean, when they were, you know, singing, I can't remember the exact story, but like it took hours and hours and hours for them to be, you know, become quote professional. It's a commitment. So I knew it wasn't going to be like, you know, an overnight success. Uh, like I said, I had, when I, when I graduated, signed up for acting classes, got headshots done, started looking for an agent and then, you know, got the ball going with, uh, auditions and rejection after rejection after rejection. And just realizing like, uh, you know, it was going to be, it was going to be tough. I was going to, I was going to have to get you know, those flexible jobs that actors have to have. Sure, uh, sure. So jumped into the uh, to the server industry and waited tables for a long time. So I think if you're really driven for something, then you'll then you'll do it as long as it takes, like, you know, to get to where you want to get to. So I like to say that I was stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like to give up. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to continue you know, I'll do the waiting. If I have to wait tables for 15, 20 years or whatever, you know, as long as I'm, you know, auditioning and, you know, getting to, you know, uh, do scenes in class and maybe do short films and just, uh, keep pursuing it. Like, uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, is one of my favorite actors and I can't remember the exact quote that he said, but he was on inside the actor's studio and he was talking about, um, like a painter. So if a painter was on the side of the road and they were painting and somebody took away their, uh, their paintbrushes and their, their board, then they would, then they would find a way to, you know, paint on the, on the, uh, on the sidewalk. And if somebody arrested them and put them in a prison and took away, you know, uh, all their clothes and all their wherever you know their paintbrushes their their canvas they would spit on their finger and draw on the wall wow. like that's wow. uh, I don't do it as I don't say it as well as Dustin Hoffman does but that's a way you know that's like a that's a powerful a good, thought it's a good way to describe like how driven you got to be yeah in the business I, I was just journaling about this this morning is this idea of like identity and figuring out like, what is my purpose here on earth? Because like when I look throughout just kind of the themes of my life and I know, you know, we've talked to our listeners about it and stuff that just kind of like, what am I here for? What is my calling? What is my purpose? And sometimes it's super clear. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like it was pretty evident to you when you ran across like the arts. Correct me if I'm wrong on, on that statement right there. And just maybe any thoughts around identifying your own painting of like, what would you do with, without, you know, without your paintbrush per se? Like, how do we, how, how do we identify and kind of come to that conclusion? Like, how did you know acting? This is for me because I know you're a singer too, a freaking good singer. I heard you on another show. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but pursuing this path, like, is it a light that comes out of the sky? Is it this internal knowing? Like, how did you find it? I feel like I, maybe back in, you know, when I was younger, it was always there. I just never thought of pursuing really? it. Um, I know it sounds kind of stupid. I was a huge wrestling fan back in the day, like Stone Cold, The Rock. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I still I still watch wrestling with my buddies, you know, for nostalgia. Sure. Um, but uh, me and my sister used to, like, wrestle. Like, I would be The Rock and she would be Stone Cold or something. And I would, like, That's pretend. That's awesome sister. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would pretend like I would take on this persona. So even, like... As a, you know, as a kid, there was all, I guess there was always that it was always kind of there. I just never, I never thought about pursuing it until I guess college. And my, my mom was a country singer growing up. Uh, my, my dad, I mean, he's an architect, but he also, um, I think I get a lot of my uh, passion from him too, because, you know, he, like growing up, he did putt, he was a professional putter, the Putt-Putt Association. Um, That's what's up <laughs> so he fell in love with that when he was a kid and he's done that you know he he retired uh earlier this year but he's all he's like done that as a fun side you know uh i don't even want to say it's a side job it's more just a passion because i mean there's not a ton of money in it unless you <laughs> you know you win like a world championship or something uh, which is now my new goal now that i know what that is <laughs> that's freaking amazing <laughs> I think it's a great idea for a movie. I don't know why mm. somebody hasn't come up with it yet. But uh, yeah, so I think I get it from my parents in little, you know, little bits. Um, I, I, Yeah, I think it was always there, you know, just wanting to pursue something that was out of the, I don't want to say out of the norm, but I guess. Unconventional. You know, yeah, you know, like yep. uh, The Road Less Traveled, Robert Frost's yep. famous uh, yep. poem. No, I think that was, that's fantastic. If you think about what he just said, it's like, what has always been there, what has always been there for you. Um, I mentioned to you earlier about how I, how I came across you really was through my, my coach, Kelly Silva, and she was using you as an analogy and, um, talking about embodiment of a character and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but what she was saying to us was that, you know, you, you got this role of Sam and Ozark and it was really just a couple episodes you're supposed to play. And again, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but a lot of times shows will write in characters and depending on just kind of the flow of the storyline or et cetera, you know, you may be in it for a couple episodes or you could be brought on for longer. And she was using you as an example because she was saying that you had just brought so much to that character and that you were given more opportunities because even if it was quote, quote, a small part at first, she was telling mm-hmm. us, don't take even, you know, one opportunity for granted, put all of yourself into it because you never know how that's going to evolve. And you were, you were the example of that. And so that's when oh. I found you on Instagram and I was like, well, that's pretty badass. I need to, you know, <laughs> see what this guy's about. But I thought, you know, metaphorically, that was a really interesting idea of really, you know, giving yourself fully to the task at hand. And first of all, just share a little bit about, you know, your journey with Ozark. Um, and to just about this idea, if like, you, you know, 
really embodying Sam, whether it was one time you got to do it uh, mm -hmm. and without the expectation that you would get to do it for, you know, several seasons. Yeah. I think um, because I was so used to rejection and when I booked, this was my first uh, like a uh, recurring role and I had, you know, done uh, TV shows, films, like I was in One Tree Hill for a couple episodes as a camera guy. I did the show Finding Carter. Uh, I was in the movie Prisoners. Um, so I had done like small parts, uh, but there was just something about like, when I saw the, the sides, when I got the audition, and I was like, man, this, I, this is like right up my alley. I could totally do this. I mean, uh, so when I did the audition, I decided to just really be myself, you know, in the role. Um, like, I'm sure some people, you know, when they did the audition, they saw, oh, Jason Bate, because I knew Jason Bateman was a part of it. That was on the breakdown. It said he was, a, he was starring in it, executive producing, and maybe some people thought it was going to be a comedy. And I looked up uh, the, the creator, Bill Dubuque, and then I, I was like, oh, yeah, the movie The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Yeah, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a comedy. So I knew not to play it as a comedy. Um, and also when you do auditions, you don't play the comedy. You don't, you don't play the drama. You just you, you play the moment because the people in the movie or in the TV show don't know they're in a drama or a comedy. Yeah, I, just, I wanted to just be myself in the audition, felt good about it, sent it in, didn't hear anything found out that they wanted to go with somebody older. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm used to rejection. That happens. Uh, on to the next. Uh, and then like I'm driving uh, to Charlotte for a, for a callback for a short film that I auditioned for. And my agent called me and said, hey, they want to book you for Ozark. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought they were going with somebody older. <laughs> he goes, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> they want to book you. So I was super excited. And at first, it was a co-star recurring, um, and it got bumped up to guest star recurring. And I didn't even know, like, the difference, of, you know. And I was, like, nine, eight, nine years into the business, and I still didn't know really the huge difference between it. I was just super excited to get to play, uh, you know, a role in a TV show uh, that was going to, I thought, was going to be really good. I got bumped up to guest star. And just by looking at the scenes for the audition, I was like, man, I think this guy, this character could be around, uh, you know, for pretty good while. Um, so I got on set and I guess maybe naively uh, and just excited to get the, at, at booking my biggest role thinking I, I didn't even in my head, I didn't even think it was going to be two to three episodes. I, I, I guess maybe I just, uh, What's what I'm looking for here? Uh, made it happen in my head. Uh, manifested. Manifested. Oh, yeah. Manifested uh, it lasting longer. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that's how it happened. I mean, I got on set, had a lot of fun. The first scene is the is the first scene in the show. That was the first scene I had shot uh, with the where Laura comes into the yeah. to my real estate office and sees something going on. <laughs> Best still opening get, scene ever. <laughs> yeah, people still give me crap. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I knew I was like, when this comes out, this is going to be something people are going to remember, and I'm I'm ready for it. Let's do this. Uh, I think it was the second day of shooting. I uh, I was sitting at a video village, um, and one of the head writers was behind me, who I'm friends with 
to this day, like uh, we stay in contact, uh, like social media and everything. And she was like, Hey, I'm Allison. I'm uh, I'm writing episode seven. Uh, I was like, Oh, cool. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm uh, just writing a scene with you and your mom. And I was like, Oh, so, you know, we get to find out more about Sam. I didn't know anything. I had no clue that they were going to throw my mom into the equation, but that, you know, was pretty, pretty amazing. And I just, uh, I guess I just, what I was bringing to the table, they just really enjoyed. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's keep him around. He's, he's good to have on set. So I love that. I love that story. You said um, something a moment ago about, you know, being in the moment with it. And I know in another interview, I'm paraphrasing here, you had said something along the lines that your method was really, you know, finding the truth and the character. And for, you know, those of you listening, I know most of you guys aren't in the acting industry. And when I had heard, you know, this concept of, because, um, you know, if, if you're not in this industry, you're, you you think of acting as lying almost. And what's interesting is a lot of people talk about no acting is really a beautiful form of truth and finding yeah. the truth, which is kind of a foreign concept because you're acting and, you know, keeping in mind a lot of our listeners aren't actors per se, but I think that there's a lot of um, implications we can pull from this concept just about in life, of finding the truth in the moment and being incredibly present. What does that mean as an actor when you say that you want to be truthful and be, you know, in the moment and find that truth? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, whoever you're playing, um, you want to find the humanity in whoever you're playing. Uh and I've always been taught that, you know, the dialogue on the page is the lie. What we want to say is the subtext. So you got to you push through the dialogue uh, to say what you really want to say. But you have to say the dialogue. Like, I think in real life, like, uh, you know, we're always masking uh, something. I mean, you know, with what we're the words that are coming out of our mouth aren't exactly what we want to say like uh it's not level behind it is you know the levels of truth uh that you bring to it so i always use it's it's funny uh when i i still take classes uh to this day with the same guy but uh my first i think it was the first class like back in charlotte he's in atlanta now um and i think it was a subtext class that was his first class that was the first class you took so i learned subtext in the first class and he was like, all right, guys, tell me something that you can't stand. And I was like, mayonnaise. Okay, what if you had to do a, what if you had to do like a commercial, you know, for uh, mayo or something, and you had to eat a sandwich with mayo on it? And the line was like, hmm, I love mayonnaise. You know, clearly you don't love mayonnaise. You would just be pushing through the line with, you know, that I hate mayonnaise, but the, the audience sees the, uh, God, how do I say this? Um, the strategies that you use mm -hmm. to get what you want. Um, so they may see if you use the right strategies, they're going to say, Oh, wow, that guy really likes mayonnaise. But you know, behind all that is <laughs> I don't like mayonnaise. Does that make sense? There's a lot of psychology in that. <laughs> like to get to that point, like finding your subtext, is that a decision that you, that you make? Um, kind of how do you come up with that? You know, when you're, when you're developing a character in your own mind. Let's see. Uh, like if I'm looking, like if I'm looking at my script and I see my scene, I try to find first, I look at what the objective is. 
you know, like the fictional objective because there's a fictional and there's a personal I've always been, uh, you know, taught. And the personal objective is much stronger than the fictional objective. But your fictional objective helps you, you know, figure out strategies like to get what you want in the scene. And then obviously you have your obstacle too. So whether it's sadness, you know, uh, you're sad, you're happy, you're angry, all that like those are obstacles preventing you from getting your objective. I know I'm going into like no, I can acting one hundred and one here, but on my <laughs> uh, no, I can, I'm geeking out over this. I love it. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, you know, I, I want to respect the time that I asked you for. Do you have time for two quick questions? They'll be fast. Yeah, okay, sure. Great. I'll spare all of you guys because there's a whole bunch of other acting stuff I want to ask him about, <laughs> but I'll spare you guys. Um, we have a segment called Unsung Hero. Um, when we originally started the show, leadership is kind of a heavy word. And when you think about influence and making a difference in this world, a lot of times our minds automatically go to this famous actor who has all these millions of you know followers or this CEO with millions of dollars. And it's interesting. Uh, the more people I've talked to about who has made a difference in their life, it was usually not someone of power and of influence. It was like an everyday human, like a janitor at a school or... Mm -hmm you know, the deacon at the church or their aunt Margaret or whatever it may be. I was wondering if like looking back over your life, if you were to say, and I'm sure there may be many, but one person that's sticking in your mind right now who wasn't famous, uh, who doesn't have a following, who said something to you or did something that, you know, just really inspired you or moved you and you would say influenced your life. Wow. Oh man. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I would have to say my like my acting teacher that I've had for like the last, uh, I mean, obviously they're in this, you know, situation, cl classes aren't open right now, but, um, yeah, I would have to say my acting teacher is one of them. You know, he was, he was never a yes man. So he would always tell me, you know, if I was, if he wasn't feeling it in the scene, like you're better than that, Kevin, I can see it that you, you are better than you think you are. Um, you're, you're destined to do really, really great things. Like he was telling me that uh, early on, like he just, he had that feeling. Um, I can't remember an exact quote or anything, but I, I think he always knew that good, that I was g gonna make something of myself. Um, so that was, that's something, but then also like uh, on a negative, like kind of ask, like uh, side, I remember when I graduated high school, one of my friends, I put friends in quotes, and he was always like making fun of me in high school and stuff. Uh, but I think we had just graduated and, and me and an, a buddy of mine were like, I think at a McDonald's or Burger King grabbing some food. And he's like, all right, Kevin, well, you graduated. Now what are you going to do? And he, I think he said, uh, he's like, cause I'm going off to be a lawyer. I'm, you know, I'm like literally just saying you're not going to accomplish anything basically. So that's always stuck with me. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, you know, 400 plus episodes. I've never had anyone say you kind of flipped the script on that unsung hero of like something that was said and meant like, in negative oh yeah, unsung I think hero. That's that's really, no, but I think that's kind of cool. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting flip on that. That's, that's pretty cool. Okay. One <laughs> final question left, but first I want to thank you so much for not only your time, but also yeah. to, um, one thing I love about you is I feel like you're, you know, just from social media relationship I have with you. You're always giving shout outs to other artists. I've seen that, that you're always just, you know, cheering people on and 
really fanning the flame of others, which I think is so admirable of you because you're not only pursuing your own dreams, but also uh, cheering on those who are doing the same. So I respect that about you. I think it's super cool. Where can people find you online? Is there anything mm-hmm. you're excited about that you want to promote? Uh, well, I'm excited to get uh, get back to shooting the final season of Ozark. So that's uh, that's on my plate right now. Um, and then after that, at some point, I'm going to be doing like a spec project. We're gonna it's going to be a pilot, and I get to I get to do something a little different than what I would normally get cast as, and. I get to play like a grungy kind of uh, cop who's like, I think he's a recovering drug addict or something. So it's something that you wouldn't see the guy who plays Sam on Ozark get to play normally. But I mean, I know I can play those characters because I've done those scenes in classes because I want to be able to do, I want to be able to branch out and do different roles. Um, so I'm excited about getting to do that. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at the Kevin L Johnson. And then uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Kevin underscore L underscore Johnson. Cool. All that will be linked in the show notes. Very last question. Let's say we were to go back in time to this young Kevin who's like, I'm going to go into computer science and I'm going to (laughs) make video games. And he had no idea of the insane journey that he was going to go on over the next several years and landing this role, meeting these people, having this relationship with this coach, doing all the inner work that it takes to pursue the creative path. If you were to go and sit with that young man and tell him one thing that you know deeply now that he had no idea of back then, what would it be? Wow. Um, oh man. Uh, keep your head up. It's going to be a tough road, but you're going to, you'll, you'll see the outcome. You're going to enjoy it. The road. I'm sure it's a country song in there somewhere, but <laughs> that's an inner country singer coming out in you. Yeah, that's it. that's it. How about that, y'all? Super good, right? One of the things that I love that Kevin said is when I asked him about discovering quote your thing. What is that? How he said it was the thing that was always there. What has been the theme, that reoccurring theme in your own life? Something that's always been there that maybe you haven't paid much attention to. Maybe it's there for a reason. It doesn't mean that you have to do it full time as a career, but it may be something that would bring you more joy, fulfillment, and make the biggest kind of difference in this world. I'd love to hear from you. Text me. What do you think about this? It's 501-214-4307. Again, 501-214-4307. We love you. We're in your corner. See you soon.